You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay, or just go to their website at TicketKing.com. Again, that's TheTicketKing.com. Let's talk in pack. Okay, yeah. The season hasn't gone the way the Green Bay Packers had hoped it would. But, I mean, surely they'd beat the Lions and keep hope alive, right? Right? Please say yes? Well... And with that, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Lemp's Talk and Pack. I am your host, Chris Lempesis, coming to you once again from my basement Packer room and my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here to break down Green Bay's Turn Out the Lights, the party's over. 15-9 loss to the Detroit Lions on Sunday at Ford Field. Yep. That's all, folks. No playoffs, no Super Bowl, no nothing, none of it. That's pretty much a wrap for the 2022 Green Bay Packers on November 6th. November 6th. They've still got eight games to go. November 6th and the season is over. After a loss to the Lions. Oh my God, the Lions. A defense giving up 32 points a game on track to be one of the worst single-season defenses in NFL history. And the Packers scored nine points. Nine. How how is this happening? I, okay, remember last week when I said I wasn't mad, I was just disappointed? Oh, you can toss that shit right out the window right now, Jack, because your boy Lemps is 150% mad. I am 100,000% pissed. I am Superfly TNT. I don't want look, I don't want to hear any positivity. There's not no positivity? Are you shitting me? They haven't won a game since early October. The Milwaukee Brewers have won a game more recently. Did you know that? The Packers last won on October second. The Brewers won their last game of the year, I think against Arizona, it was on October fourth. They've been done since then. And the Packers haven't won a game. No, look, even the most positive Peter or positive Polly. There is no way, there's simply no way you can have any hope now. Oh, if they go 6-2, and two, stop it. Stop it right now. Get a hold of yourself, man. Come on, get a grip. Look, I'll just keep it 100 with you right now. I, I didn't write much for this tonight. No, why would I? This team is a mess. From the top on down, a total and complete freaking disaster. And you expect me to be clear and composed in my thoughts? Not a chance, bro. I wrote the fair full disclosure, I wrote the opening part of the show and the last part of the show. The middle will hang on to your asses because even I don't know where this is gonna go. It's gonna get dark, I can tell you that. That that seems pretty fair to say. Strap in. And that's exactly what this mess of a football team deserves, a mess of a show, and that's what you're gonna get. <sighs> I can't even believe it. With the loss, Green Bay's fifth in a row. 
First time since 2008, Aaron Rodgers' first year that they've pulled that off. Hey, his first year and now maybe in his last. The Packers dipped to 3-6 and six on the season. Still good enough for second place in the NFC North because the Bears lost to the Miami Dolphins by a score of shit. I forgot to write it down. You know what? Go to ESPN.com if you want the score. How about that? So, yeah. They're still 3-6 and six too, but Green Bay has the tiebreaker. Whoop-de-doo! Whoop-de-doo! Minnesota Vikings won again Sunday, beating the Washington Commanders by a score of whatever to who cares. So they're 7-1 and one, and now about three counties ahead of the Packers for first place in the division. And the Lions with the win are now 2-6. and six. So hey, they're breathing down Green Bay's necks in a white-hot battle for second place. White-hot. And you know what? No, no, there's no Red Wings talk this week. You got your joy already, Detroit. I'm not going to talk about the Red Wings. Tough shit. Eat shit. I don't know. We're skipping that this week. Before we get into the fun, how can you... I hope this has already been a barrel of freaking laughs. I have to do the shameless self-promotion, which I know you love, or at the very least tolerate, Twitter. Glamps, MKE, at It's Just Chris Now. Facebook, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts. The email, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts at gmail.com. Again, you can write in during the week. Got a, a, uh, got a couple of really nice emails last week. You don't have to wait until Sunday night after the game, after the Packers lose, to write in. You can write in during the week and tell me what you think of the team or what you think of the show or all that. It was great stuff. Got a really cool uh, email from a letter uh, from <laughs> really cool email from a listener named Nick in Louisville. That was awesome. Thank you for that, Nick. Really appreciated that. So you can do that. That'd be cool, and I'll write you back. For anyone listening on the uh, wonderful Packers Talk iTunes page, leave a rating. Five stars, me like you those the most. Four stars are good too. A comment if it's positive. If it's negative, what the hell? Couldn't be anything worse than what I've seen the last five weeks from the Packers, so let me have it. <laughs> you can find us on Spotify by searching for Packers Talk. Looking for our logo, which is the head of the Vince Lombardi statue, which sits outside Lambeau Field. I'm sure Vince is just thrilled with what he has seen. Um... And if you're listening on Spotify, remember, leave a rating right near the top. If you're subscribing there, which you should be, there's a little tiny box with a star. Click on it. You can go one through five. Again, me like you five stars the most. We're on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us there as well. If you listen on a platform I don't mention, drop me a line. Let me know. That'd be nice. And hey, again, just subscribe. Come on, man. Help me out here. I got to watch this freaking football team. Come on. Do you, do you at least do that. Subscribe. Come on, Matt. Mindlessly mash down on that shit. Again, I'm not going to tell anybody what's on your phone. I don't care. But if you do subscribe, then I'm right there Monday morning. You wake up, boom, lamp's there. Good stuff. And a special shout-out to our wonderful sponsor, Ticket King. For all your Packers ticket needs, head to their website, theticketking.com. They will take care of you. Okay. Now that we done got all that out the way, let's go. God damn it. Why? Because I have to. Let's dive right in. Let's talk about this Packers L. It's an exasperated, how did we get here sound. That's the way you describe this L. An L to Detroit. Hell, that's the way you describe this whole season, isn't it? I say so. And that's how the show is going to start tonight. By talking about some of the disasters from Sunday and how they fit in the overall disastrous picture that has been the season thus far. Because I do think, like, in some ways, Sunday was a microcosm for the season. 
right? And that a lot of the things that killed Green Bay against Detroit are things that have been killing the Packers for weeks and weeks now, really all season in some respects. Now, some of this is going to be kind of more pick, big picture type stuff, big picture type stuff. There we go. Got jumbled up in my mouth. Again, I told you, this part isn't really written out. It's kind of flying by the seat of my pants, so hang on. Um, but big picture type stuff, you know, stuff that's been in motion for years and years now. And, you know, just you'll see as I move along. Don't worry. I'll, it, it'll all make sense. And a big one, both Sunday and for the season as a whole for the Packers, is the play of Aaron Rodgers, who finished 23 of 43 for 291 yards, one touchdown, three picks, 6.8 yards per attempt. He also had four carries for 40 yards, four scrambles. Look, there's no nice way to say this. He doesn't have it anymore. He just does it. Not enough anyways. Not nearly enough to justify a $50 million a year salary. Are you shitting me? Just not even close. Yeah, he can still make some nice plays here and there, right? The scrambles that I just mentioned, those were really impressive. As was his fourth down heave to Samari Toure on the final drive that kept Green Bay alive for a minute anyways. Those plays were nice. But oh my God. Oh my God. The missed throws. So many misses. The deep shot to Toure. That the Rodgers of old easily drops in a bucket for the score. Didn't put enough air under it. Pass got broken up. The woefully underthrown ball to David Bakhtiari. David fucking Bakhtiari on the tackle eligible fourth down play in the first half. That pass got picked off. But hey, Bakhtiari did his job. He got open. A good pass and that's a score. That was just, that was a terrible pass. Terribly underthrown. You know? Throwing balls off Lions defenders' helmets. That one, of course, coming from the Detroit five-yard line. That was his first pick of the day. That bounced a mile into the air and got intercepted. These just simply aren't mistakes. These are mistakes he just wasn't making last year, you know? He wasn't making these mistakes last year or two years ago. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Missing guys wide open downfield. Multiple guys wide open downfield at the same time. He's also missing Dylan open on a check down. That sure looked like it could go for a nice game. That was all on one play, by the way, that Fox highlighted. Misses Dylan on the check down. Two guys wide open downfield. Rogers doesn't see any of them get sacked. Pathetic, you know? And this wasn't a game played in inclement weather, obviously. This was indoors on a fast track. This is the type of setting Rogers usually dominates. He's dominated in dome settings throughout his career. Dominated for years. He's not that player anymore. And he just, look, he hasn't been all year, you know? And this isn't anything new, really, this season. But what we suspected for weeks was really brought into big, bright, shining light Sunday. He doesn't have it. I don't know what else to tell you. It's just not there anymore. It's, he's done, you know? Again, he's not completely and totally washed up. It's not that black and white. But they're paying him $50 million a year to be a big-time difference maker. You know? And he's just not. It's not all his fault. The offense is atrocious. No, and I'm going to get to that. Don't worry. But in games like this one, as the injuries mounted and the chips were down, you know, it it wasn't too much to ask of him to rise up and drag the team across the finish line. But he couldn't do it because he can't do it. He's not that type of player anymore. You know? That's a huge problem. Really, though, 
He shouldn't even be the quarterback for the Packers this year, should he? Nope. And that's where GM Brian Gutekunst is fucked up. That's where he has failed this team. Or the main area, anyways. There's a few areas that he screwed up, sadly. They should have traded Rodgers last offseason when they had the godfather offer from the Denver Broncos on the table staring them right in the face. It was clear after the playoff loss to San Francisco that Rodgers just isn't the type of player who you can count on to lead you on a long playoff run. He ain't that guy anymore. We all saw this. Really, you know, starting with the NFC, you know, really all throughout the first tenure, right? The NFC Championship game lost to the Niners. The NFC Championship game at loss at home to Tom Brady and the Bucks. And then last year, but last year really solidified it. He's just not that guy anymore. We all saw this. And some of us, like me, were saying this both after the loss to San Francisco and even after it was announced that he was coming back. Right? I said on the show, if you would if you give me a choice between having Rogers come back, I, I don't remember if they had quite announced I think they had announced the terms of his new extension at that point. They had at least announced he was going to be coming back to the Packers last spring. And I did a show that night and I said, Look, if you're giving me the choice between having Rogers or the package of picks that Seattle got from Denver for Russell Wilson, because Wilson was their fallback school, remember? Rogers was their main choice. If you're giving me that choice, I would rather have the picks. So I'm not like a Johnny come lately on this. I said this again after the San Francisco loss and after it was announced he was coming back. It just felt like the obvious time to make the move. And Gutekunst, I don't know if he just didn't trust Jordan Love or if he wanted to make sure he got his fat new contract extension or what the deal was. But he just didn't have the guts to make the move. That's clear. And then on top of all of that, he gives Rodgers a cap-destroying deal that makes it harder and harder to move on from Rodgers as the deal goes on. Malpractice! He just has totally and completely botched the quarterback position for this team. You know, he really has. Before failing to trade Rodgers when he should have, of course, he took Love a, a year too early. Took a quarterback a year too early, I should say, and that quarterback ends up being Love. Look, I know, I saw, I got some of this from people on social media today, on Twitter. Well, you know, Chris, Rodgers was, you know, he wasn't great in McCarthy's last year, and then, you know... He seemed, it kind of, his slide continued in Lafleur's first year, and it felt like maybe he was kind of on the down, maybe on the way out. Maybe it felt like the time, you know, it was the right time to take a quarterback, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. And here's why. And I said this at the time. I felt like even though Rodgers appeared to be on the down after Lafleur's first year, 2019, he still should have been given a second year in the system to see if he could turn it around before you go and take a QB, right? I said I said at the time, again, not a Johnny come lately, I said at the time, I'm saying now, they jumped the gun, they needed to give him at least another year, right? And they didn't, they jumped the gun. Now, imagine if Goot had given him that year, 2020, to see if he blossoms in year two in the system. Hey, he won an MVP that year. I bet he doesn't take a QB in 2021, right? Bet he doesn't. If he waits a year, I bet he doesn't take a QB. No, no, no. Imagine, so then imagine if he uses that Jordan Love pick on a wide receiver like T. Higgins or Michael Pittman Jr. or Chase Claypool. Hey, Green Bay clearly likes him. They tried trading for him just last week. Think they might have helped an offense that's desperately lacking experienced big-time playmakers? 
Maybe Rodgers wouldn't have to treat Alan Lazard like a number one guy, which he isn't. Are you kidding me? Or be forced to trust Sammy freaking Watkins with the game and the season on the line on 4th and 10, like he did against Detroit. Maybe those things aren't happening if he's got Higgins or Pittman or Claypool. See what I'm saying? Use the love pick on an offensive weapon. Give Rodgers another year. Would have been better. Or imagine if they use that pick, the love pick on a defensive weapon, like my guy Antoine Winfield Jr. from Minnesota, Skyuma. You think Winfield just stands there on third and goal at the three? Just watches Mitchell go right by him to catch the touchdown, like Darnell Savage did? Just stood there and watched a tight end run right past him. Even for Darnell Savage, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe it. You think Winfield does that? No way. And maybe it's not 15-6, Detroit, with 14-51 to go in the fourth. You know? Maybe it would have been, what, 11? It would have been 11-6. Different game then, isn't it? Sure is. You know, I bet you Winfield doesn't do that. I just bet you he doesn't. Look, and I'm not mad at Goot. I'm not mad that Goot didn't give up any picks for help at the trade deadline last week. That's not what this is about, because this ship had likely already sailed even at that point. But he probably should have been more aggressive in finding help, again, particularly at wide receiver, after the Devontae Adams trade. He had extra draft capital. Maybe use some of that for a vet. Like Tyler Lockett from Seattle, for example, who was rumored to be available. You know? Hell, this team was already all in at that point. It would have been good to go and get a veteran wide receiver. And not Sammy Watkins. That's not what I mean. <laughs> a good one. A reliable one. You know? But Goot didn't, right? Kept the picks. Trades up for Christian Watson, who has just had... I don't ever remember a rookie... Certainly wide receiver, but maybe a rookie at any position, being more snake bit by injuries than he's been with the knee surgery and the hamstring stuff that kept flaring up. And now two concussions, concussions in back-to-back weeks. Feels like it's going to be a long time before we see him again. That's the smart play anyway. So what does he do? He takes the picks, and then he, that's their big move is they go get a, a, you know, a small school, height, weight, speed guy who's raw. That was their big move at wide receiver. Instead of taking one or two of those picks and going to get a guy like Tyler Lockett. You know? Because Goot did what he's done far too often. Something his mentor, the late Ted Thompson, did. Also. Tried to have one foot in the now and one foot in the future. We kind of want to be good now, but we kind of want to be good later. And I just do not believe that is a strategy. I don't think that's a recipe for success. For any organization. I fully fully believe this. <clears throat> I fully believe that as an organization, you need you either need to be all in. If you've got a championship window, you need to say, we are all in for this next two to three years. Or you need to be on the other end of the spectrum and say, we're, we're quite a ways away. You're quite a ways away. There we go. <laughs> Told you to hang on uh, from competing. So what we're doing is we're building from the ground up, Right. You're either rebuilding from the ground up or you're going all in. But to try to kind of play both sides of the fence, that's just too tough of a tightrope to walk successfully. It just is. Ted tried it for years, and he got one Super Bowl. Which, by the way, I'm not, I'm not shitting on. That's great, you know. That was great. 
But did that strategy, did that philosophy cost them maybe one or maybe another one, maybe another two? I really believe it did. All those years, the Packers had cap space. Ted would never spend any of it on any free agents. You know? Goot has these picks, and he won't... Goot's the, the draft pick version of that. He's got these picks, and he won't trade them for players who can come in and help. One foot in the now, one foot in the future is not a recipe for success, at least as far as winning championships. And that's why the Packers only have one in the Aaron Rodgers era. Which I stand by as a little light. One of the... Certainly... I mean, I think it's fair to say Rodgers is the most talented quarterback to ever play. And one of the best. So the fact that he only has one ring and only made it to one Super Bowl, yeah. That's light, to say the least. And I think a big reason for that is the Packers' overall organizational strategy. Of being kind of being good now, but we kind of want to be good later. It just doesn't work, folks. Having said that, this current team isn't without offensive playmakers at all, are they? No, no, no. They have one big one in the backfield. And Sunday, as has been the case all season, Matt LaFleur decided to just ignore him almost completely. Five carries for Aaron Jones in the first half. Five. In a must-win and an absolutely gots-to-have game that was scoreless for most of the first half, five carries for Aaron Jones. And just one catch, so six touches total. Didn't even get more work than A.J. Dillon in the first half. Right? Jones five carries, Dillon seven. Jones six touches, Dillon eight. He had two more carries and two more overall touches than Jones. A.J. Dillon. And after it looked like it was heading in the right direction last week too, huh? All messed up once again, as it has been all season. Then Jones gets hurt in the second half, so he only finishes with, what did he finish with? Nine carries for 25 yards and two catches for so 11 touches for 45 yards. But in the first half, when the game was still there for the taking, he needed to be utilized much more, you know? And again, I know we don't know. We do the, is it Matt LaFleur's offense? Is it 12s? But the reality is Matt LaFleur is the head coach. I keep saying this. If Rodgers won't run it enough, grow a pair and make him. It's your team, Matt. I keep saying, look, I say this every week. You know, it was clear early on this season the offense needed to run through Jones and, a lesser extent, Dylan, and have Rodgers play the late career John Elway role, right? Kind of not quite a game manager, maybe something a little more than that, at least until the new look wide receiver group got acclimated. But then after it became obvious, Rodgers' game had slipped more than a little bit, a lot bit. This really needed to be the offense, and it just never has been. It never really was. It never ran through Jonesy and Dylan like it needed to. And that's entirely on Matt LaFleur. It is. To me. So there you have it. A well-past-his-prime quarterback, a GM that's failed in multiple areas, including the biggest area on the team. The reason that if... <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if love doesn't work out, Gutekunst is not going to get to pick the next quarterback for the Packers. I'll just tell you that right now. If this doesn't work out, love doesn't work out, he's not going to have a job in a few years. So he's failed in multiple areas, including the biggest area on the team, and a head coach that just refuses to fully utilize his biggest weapon. When you stand back and look at it that way, we're, you know we've all kind of been in shock. Every week we're going, saying the same thing, why does this keep happening? But when you stand back and look at it that way, it's kind of easy to see why they only scored nine points Sunday. 
and why it's been such a damn struggle on offense all year, right? Doesn't make it any easier to accept, though. And it shouldn't. Is it the offense alone? Hell no. The defense once again failed to get a stop in a key spot after the offense had finally gained some momentum on the aforementioned Goff to Mitchell touchdown for the Lions. Five weeks in a row they've had such a moment, and five weeks in a row they have completely bombed in such a moment. Matt LaFleur's decision to hire Joe Barry is his third whiff on a coordinator hire and not even four full seasons on the job. That's pretty terrible. The special teams has had some moments, but overall, yeah, the Rich Bisacci experience has been disappointing. I think it's fair to say. You know, look, you don't enter a season with the highest of expectations like the Packers had for themselves and we had for them and stumbled to three and six without it being a total group effort. It's everybody. But yeah, Rodgers, Gutekunst, and LaFleur are the, are the big three. They're the main three. That's pretty fair to say. Okay, so that wraps up my main part of the show. Let's go to the Twitter bag, <clears throat> the Facebook bag, the email bag, all the bags. They're all full, so let's get to those now. We'll start with Twitter. These are in no particular order now. Let's go from Rob Mueller at Rob L. Mueller. He asks simply... Why am I upset? <laughs> well, Rob, you're upset because I'm guessing because you, like me and like most Packer fans, know that the season's over. And, and and that, again, nine games in, the season's over. I can't remember the last time this happened. You know? Even when Rodgers, I talked about this thing last week, even when he hurt his collarbone, the two times he's hurt his collarbone, you know? The first time, Flynn keeps him afloat. Rodgers comes back. They win the division at the end of the season. And then the, Hun the, the Brett Hundley year, they were in it to what? The last couple weeks of the year? Last two or three weeks? I can't remember a time, even Rodgers' first year, which I was going to go back and look at before the show, but I was just too depressed. <laughs> um, I feel like even that year, they weren't eliminated or essentially eliminated this quick. So this is kind of uncharted waters for us as fans. You really would have to go back to what? 05? The 4-12 and 12 year? It's been a long time, man. It's been a long damn time, I'll tell you that much. So I'm guessing that's why you're upset. I know it's why I'm upset. Or at least partially. <laughs> Alright, next one comes from Justin Cornwell, at Justin A. Cornwell, longtime friend of the show. Going back to the Podbean days. Thank you again, Justin, as always. Justin writes, outside of winning out, which is never going to happen... There's nothing good that can come from the rest of the season. Even if they went 4-13, and 13, it still would be a mess because of all the salary cap situations. Basically, we're in football fan hell, and who knows when it ends. Okay, so that's dark. Not that you're wrong. It's dark. Um, you're right. They're not going to win out. That's ridiculous for anybody to even think. There is some good, though. So you say even if they go 4-13... and 13, there would be some good from that, Justin, because if they go 4-13, and you're looking at, for sure, a top-five pick and maybe even a top-four, top-three pick in the draft. And not just in the first round, but you'd be picking, you know, top-four, top-five in the second round, third round. So you'd be getting, a, you know, you're going to be getting a much higher, you have a much better shot at getting a good pick each round. So there could still be some good, there would still be good that could come out of going 4-13. and so I'll say I slightly disagree with you there. But you're right. The salary cap stuff, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. There's going to be... I don't think people understand all the tough decisions that are going to have to be made. 
you know. Aaron Jones is not going to be back on this football team. David Bakhtiari is not going to be back on this football team, which is probably for the best because Bakhtiari again leaves the game with the knee injury, then comes back for the final drive. All this up and down, back and forth. He's in, he's out. He just, it can't continue. The guy just can't stay healthy enough with the knee to string together three or four weeks. So, yeah, Jones isn't going to be back. Bach's not going to be back. Um, there's a good chance, obviously, Rodgers isn't back. Lazard's not going to be back. Um, who else? I don't know at this point if Helton Jenkins is going to be back, depending on what he wants versus what they're willing to offer because his play has been so up and down this year coming off the knee injury. Tunyon's not going to be back. Um, Amos isn't going to be back. Who else? I think there's a chance maybe uh, a guy like Preston Smith isn't back. There's going to be a lot of tough decisions that have to be made. So it's going to be salary cap hell. There's, this team's going to look very different next year. That'd be the case even if they were good. But sucks even more knowing that because they stink this year. So we are in hell right now, and I think there's a chance we will be for a while. But one thing to remember, and I'm not trying to be a positive, Peter, because I know nobody wants to hear that tonight. I don't either. In the NFL, the system is designed for nobody to be good or bad for too long. Right? Salary cap parity, you know the deal. So, we're it's bad now, and it's probably going to be bad next year, and maybe even the year after. But it's not going to be, I know everybody's like, oh, the 70s and 80s are coming. I saw so much of that. That's not necessarily true. Because they didn't have the system. This system wasn't in place in the 70s and 80s, you know? That was more geared towards dynasties. That doesn't happen now. So it might be bad, and we may have a couple of years of, of, you know, we may have to weather some storms for a couple of years. But the reality is they'll, they'll be good again eventually, and it won't take forever. So a little positivity, I guess, if you call it that. Next one comes from Matilla the Hun, at Matilla D. Hun, one of the most positive Packers fans on Twitter, and I have to say even Matilla is feeling a little down. You've heard my two cents. I'll be here every week. Go Pack Go and all that. But, and I know they won't, 12 should sit. Barry should be gone, and we need to see Matt LaFleur's offense under someone who will run it to know for sure what Matt LaFleur is. But I feel he may be a good coach, not a good head coach. Okay. So see, Matilda is down. That's how I know shit is bad. The boat has crashed into the rocks. The train has derailed, right? The wagon is off the tracks. It has careened into a nearby neighborhood. It's a disaster because Matilla is feeling down. And I say that from love, you know. But, um, yeah, 12 should sit. I don't want to get too much into that because I've got a thing on that towards the end of the show, which we'll get to. Barry should be gone. Will they do it at this point? Probably not. But it's impossible to see Joe Barry being the defensive coordinator after the season. Look, I know everybody's going to go, well, the Lions, you know, that's a high-powered offense. They only had 15 points. You know, they picked off Goff, kept uh, St. Brown in check for the most part. Like, no offensive explosion from the Lions. Right. But when the Lions, ab- when the Packers absolutely needed a stop, like I said earlier, they couldn't get one. And they almost didn't get one. They almost didn't get the ball back at the end of the game, the way the Lions were moving the ball. They were this close to not getting the ball back then either. To, or to not being able to, they, they were this close to not being able to get off the field there either. 
So, you know, it's a paper tiger. It's not good when it matters. So I would fire Joe Barry, but I have a feeling he'll stick around at least for the rest of the season. Um, you feel he may be a good coach, not a good head coach. Someone said to me last week, Lafleur is a good... I think I mentioned this on the show, too. They said he's like he's more of like a head coordinator than he is a head coach. And I almost feel like that's the case. Like, I almost feel like, like in a perfect world, Lafleur would be like head coordinator and he'd have someone like Dan Campbell to be head coach to, like, motivate and keep the guys, like, hungry and playing with fire. Does that make sense? I almost feel like that would be, like, a better setup for Green Bay. Of course, it's impossible. But, yeah, I hear what you're saying, Matilla. So, thank you for that. Next one comes from Lucky at the Madisonian. At the Madisonian, right? Lucky writes, Aaron Rodgers' window slammed shut against Tampa Bay 2020. Everything else is just background TV while raking leaves, working on a car, grilling out, etc. Love them, but as long as we're paying for this window, it's not a serious team. Hashtag go Pack go. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think in hindsight, the Tampa Bay game was kind of, it, it was more of an ending to things than we realized. Of course, then they, you know, they had the best record in the league last year. One of the best records in the league last year. Home field throughout. And, I mean, the field was set up for them to win last year, and they gagged too. So I think in a sense, Tampa Bay was, I'd say Tampa Bay was like the window mostly slamming shut. We thought we had more space. The window was further open than it was. But it really wasn't that far open. And then San Francisco came and, and slammed it shut. That's what I would say. Um, no, they're not a serious team. You know, And a big reason for that is, like I talked about earlier, it's hard to be a serious team when your GM is trying to play both sides of the fence. Like Ted did for 100 years and Gutekunst is doing now. You know, it's just tough. It's tough to have your cake and eat it too. And there's an arrogance that comes from this organization. And it and I don't want to speak too, I'm not trying to trash Ted because he's no longer with us. But when Ted was leading the ship and Gut, there's always been kind of an arrogance that's come from this organization. With Ted in the sense of like, we don't need to get involved in free agency. All right. And Gutekunst now, we're not going to trade draft picks for players. It's just kind of, you know what I'm saying? There's this air, like, there's this arrogance and, like, ignoring avenues that you need to, to explore to make your team better. It's always bugged me about this team. In that sense, I would say, no, they're not a serious team. No. Uh, our, is that our final one? Wait, one more. One, two, three, four. Yeah, one more. Comes from Bill Amundsen at Omaha Badger. Bill writes, well, Lemps, I'm pretty happy Fox and Omaha decided not to show that turd of a game. Saw highlights, question mark, on Red Zone. How many times can I use turd in a season? Oh, well, not sure what else to say. It's just bad, all around bad. Well, you didn't get to see the game, and I, I, Bill, you didn't miss much. Can I say that? And you used turd twice in your tweet. Always appreciated. Multiple uses of the word, of the, of the word turd. I always appreciate that. So, what else can you say? You know what? There isn't really much else to say, Bill. You nailed it. It's just bad. Like I said, it's it's all around bad. It's not... I, I do think Rodgers and Gutekunst and Lafleur deserve the, the, the most of the blame. Right? The majority of it. But like I said, it's the defense. It's Joe Barry. It's the special teams. You know? It's everybody. Yeah, again, you don't get to three and six and your season's over without it being a total collective effort. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just say that again. 
So those are all the questions from Twitter. Good stuff there. <laughs> we move to the email. All right, let's start with Sean, who titles his email, Packers Suck. Spoiler alert, not the only email to use a variation of that phrase in the title. Sean writes, Rodgers was terrible, absolutely terrible. Not just in his play, but in his attitude all day. The young players are obviously not responding to his old crotchety grandpa look. 12 needs to take some more ayahuasca. Blow this shit up, it's over, damn. <clears throat> um, yeah, you know, I talked about Rodgers' piss-poor play, but I didn't talk about his piss- Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like Rodgers, all the barking and yelling, and he's on the sidelines screaming. What did he yell? After the pass off the guy's helmet, he was mad at Watson, wasn't it? Or was it Doff? He was mad at someone for not knocking the ball down when it popped up in the air. It looked like he said something like he needs to fucking knock that shit down. Don't be stupid. He said something along those lines. And then there was the one play to, was it Toure? When Rodgers was coming across and he tried to hit him and Toure was kind of sliding and he couldn't hang on and they caught Rodgers and he said something like, catch the fucking ball, motherfucker, or something like that. Um, I didn't like all that, you know, all the finger pointing and all the blaming. You know, I thought it was funny that Rodgers, <laughs> Rodgers was so bad. How bad was he? He was so bad he couldn't even slam the phone down. Did you catch that on the broadcast? I'm sure you did. After his, was it the second pick? The one to Bakhtiari, he tried to slam the phone down, and it he missed, and it kind of just limply fell to the ground, so he had to pick it up and hang it up back up. Um, so is that kind of day? That kind of if that doesn't if that's not fitting for the day, I don't know what is. But yeah, you're. I didn't like it. I, I didn't like all the yelling and screaming at the receivers and all the gesturing. Like just another example of piss poor leadership from Rodgers. It's always somebody else's fault. I know he gets up after the game and goes, "Oh, I made some shitty throws or I played shitty." It's like. Good for you, Aaron. Wow, you took you took a modicum of responsibility. Wow, good for you. You took a sliver of responsibility. That doesn't really make up for all the yelling and screaming he did at the guys during. I didn't like it. Another example of shitty leadership from him. I'll say that. And you're right. I don't I don't know if the players are responding to it. I don't know if it's what these young guys. If it's I don't know. They'd never say publicly because everybody's terrified of Rogers. But yeah. Um. Does he need to take some more? Well, he's, he might be a couple months away from being able to take ayahuasca whenever he wants. You know, he can go on the beach and trip balls in Peru or whatever the hell he wants to do, and, and we'll all move on. But yeah, whether or not they want to blow this up, uh, to your last point, it's coming. So <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Our next one comes from Kyle. First of the Kyles, Kyle Terpeng, who refuses to get Twitter. God bless you. Twitter's worse than ever now. Kyle writes... He wrote in three parts, by the way, so I'll read them, I'll read them all. Have you ever been so mad at something you were strangely calm, then you explode at something minor later or nothing at all? That was me after the Washington game. And that'll be me later today. I can feel it. This team is a disaster. Can't even score against the worst defense in the league. At this point, I think there's no denying it. LaFleur and Barry need to be fired. If I'm the GM, I'm trading literally everyone in the offseason that will have any value. Time to blow up the team. I honestly believe the Packers have seen their last win of the season. It also may not be much of a stretch to say this is the worst team in the league. Now, I'm convinced we'll be picking in the top 10, at least with top 5 more likely. 
Top 10 at least, with top 5 more likely. I also can very easily see us getting the number 1 overall with how fucking shit this team is playing. Then he wrote in, And another thing, Goot needs to go. Apparently he can't draft. At this point, Watson is a wasted pick. Can't stay healthy. Bad hands. They need to bench him for the year, if for no other reason than his future not being ruined by injury. Way too many injuries this game, and not even a win, so they sacrifice themselves for nothing. The absolute only bright side to my day is getting a custom frame for my Packer stock made. It is B-E-A-U-T-Full. Last one, he sends, one last thing, and if it's not too late, one last thing. What do we need in the draft, and what position should we target first? Okay, so a lot of anger from Kyle. Totally understandable. I feel your pain. I feel your rage. All right. Oh, and he titled his email Packers Suck Balls this year. So Sean writes Packers Suck. Kyle takes it the next step. Packers Suck Balls this year. So there you go. Okay. So, a lot to unpack here. Um, I have been so mad that I'm strangely calm. That I'm, yeah, that's definitely happened to me. And it's definitely happened to me watching Packer, Packers football. And it's definitely happened to me watching Packers football more than once this season. So I'm with you there, Kyle. Um, Okay, so your point to Lafleur and Barry. Now, Barry is obviously, yes, Barry's going to be fired. I know it's funny for people to go, oh, he's going to be the D coordinator. No, he isn't. Lafleur's going to fire him. Yes. I think it's pretty clear. Um, Lafleur is not going to be fired. Lafleur, like Gutekunst, they signed uh, brand new extensions before the season. I don't know if we ever got the numbers on those or the term. I feel like we didn't. If we didn't, great job from the Green Bay media, as always. Great job from the B people up there. Um, just another sterling example of their work. Uh, I don't know if we did. If we did, I apologize, but I don't, I don't never see it anywhere. Either way, they got extensions. LaFleur's not going anywhere, and neither, neither is Gutekunst, at least not for the next two or three years. But, yeah, Barry's going to be fired. I don't think you have to worry about that. Um, if you're the GM, you're going to trade it. I, well, I don't know if they'll trade anybody. I mean, I guess if you wanted to trade guys, if you really, really wanted to blow it up, you could trade guys like Gary. the cat, And, and maybe Kenny Clark. The cap hit on Jaws is too big. They won't trade him. The dead cap hit. But if you really wanted to blow it up, I suppose you could trade Clark, who's been awfully quiet the last month after a killer start to the season. I think they're playing him too much. And he's starting to get worn down a little bit. But um, I guess if you wanted to, I don't think they will. I don't know if they'll really trade anybody. I think it'll be more, like I said, I think it'll more be like Bakhtiari's released, Jones is released, Lazard's not coming back, you know, Jenkins might not be coming back. It'll be more of those types of moves than trades. Um, But I know a lot of people feel the same way as you do, Kyle, so I respect that. Um... Will this be their last one of the year? I don't know. Maybe. I feel like I feel like the Bears in Chicago, I feel like that's probably a win. And I think the Lions at home is probably a win. Is that it? That might be it. Although the Rams are pretty bad. And they get the Rams in the cold on Monday Night Football. The Rams stink. So they might beat the Rams. But probably no more than three wins, yeah. Three more games I can point to and go, maybe. So you're going to 6-11? and 11? Holy shit. Um, and if they did finish 6-11 and 11 or 5-10, and 10, that, that top 10, probably somewhere between top 5 and top 10, probably like 7th or 8th. You get a pretty good player out of that, yeah? Sure. 
I don't know if they'll get the number one overall. No, Detroit's Detroit's bad. I know the Packers suck, but Detroit is still in the running probably for the number one pick. Uh, your second point, um, talk about that. Goot's not going to get fired because he just signed an extension. Uh, but again, if Love bombs, Goot will not be picking the next quarterback after that. No. Because he's just bot- he's botched the position. You know? And Goot's done some really nice things. He has. But if you fuck up the quarterback spot, the rest of it, I mean, that's enough to get you, that'll get you fired 10 times out of 10 in the NFL. Some guys like Rick Spielman in Minnesota, you know, screwed up the quarterback spot a few times, but was able to keep his job for a while. Most of the time, if you screw up QB, you're out. So, they, if love is bad, yeah, Coop won't be around in a few years, that's for sure. Um, I don't know if he can't draft. He's had some good picks. You know, Watson, or uh, John and Jenkins was good for a while, and, um, well, John, Jenkins, oh, Gary, <laughs> I'm kidding, but Gary, uh, I think Enigbare is going to be a really good pick from this year's draft, I think Dobbs is going to end up really good, um, I don't know about a one, but a two at least, uh, Quay had that really, really nice play, uh, and that run stuff on the third and one, that basically, that basically forced, that ended up forcing the turnover on downs, right? Because it backs Detroit up, now it's fourth and three. Packers get the stop. They got him the ball back with a chance to win. So, I haven't given up on Quay yet. I, he's got, he's, he's had some good picks. He's definitely had a lot of stinkers. He's definitely not the drafter Ted is, at least not at this point. Um, What else? Watson, yeah, I don't think Watson's going to play again for a long time. And he shouldn't. Did you see the Sam Shields interview last week? If you haven't, check out the Sam Shields interview with Dan Levitard. It's not... Sam Shields is not in a good spot. And he blames football and he blames concussions for that. And he's probably not wrong to do so. Um, Very sad stuff. You know, I love Sam Shields. Such a great player. Such a good player for a long time. Key player on that Super Bowl team. Hate Just hate seeing that he's in such a bad spot. You know? That alone should be enough to scare the shit out of the Packers into not playing Watson at least until the very end of the year. If not, just putting him on IR and going, you know what? It's just bad luck all year. We're just going to start fresh in 2023. That might be, I think that's the best approach. But if you're going to play him, it shouldn't be for a long, long way down the road here. No, no, not, it's, no. You got to protect the brain. Um, and you're right. Yeah, for, I mean, because you don't want his future to be ruined. Yeah, you're right. Uh, what else, what else, what else? Um, glad you got a custom frame for your Packer stock. I'm sure that'll look very nice. That's excellent. Uh, draft stuff, that's well, a little early, but I guess, hey, fuck me, they're 3-6, and six, so I guess it's probably time to start talking about this at least a little bit. Um, well, I think they're going to draft another receiver high, somewhere in those first couple rounds. Um, probably going to need some tight end help. Uh, a running back, I would think, that's probably something you wait on until the third or fourth round, fifth round, but... Yeah, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Um, still need more help on the D-line. I don't know why Wyatt's not... I hope Wyatt... Now that this thing is, is really kind of done, I hope Wyatt gets more of a, a look, a real look on, on the D-line now. Because it's time for that. We know what Dean Lowry is, and we know what Jerron Reed is. So hopefully he'll get more. He'll get some more run. Um, but yeah, D-line. Maybe edge, if they do cut Preston. Safety's a big need. Safety's a big, big need, so I'd say running back, tight end, wide receiver, 
D-line, maybe edge, a lot of needs, yeah. Yeah, those would be the spots I would be thinking right now anyway. Did you say what's target first? Oh, what position should we target first? Um, wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's Rodgers or Love next year, more weapons. More, more, more weapons. Yep. Wide receiver and then safety maybe right after that. Okay, so we move on now to PB Ziggy, who writes in, Hi, Lamps. We are the softest, most undisciplined, and uninspiring team I've ever watched. Packers suck. Season is over. Oh, he titles his email, My son's nine-year-old friend talks trash, which we'll get to now. The only highlight to my day was my son's nine-year-old friend was over today on a play date. Came down to the basement where I was watching the game, saw my Packers room, looked at me, and said to my face, my Cowboys are going to kick your Packers' ass next week. I had nothing to say to him. He was absolutely right. In the words of Lil Wayne, RIP 2022 season. Okay, so first of all, I have to know, because you said in the email, you spelled ass with the at and then two dollar signs. So did the kid say, kick the Packers' ASS? Or did he say ass? Because that is to say ass, that's brazen for a nine-year-old. Like, that kid just... He just doesn't care. <laughs> That's a badass little kid. Kind of watch, might want to watch out for that kid. Um, if, he's, if he's saying we're going to kick your ass at nine years old. Because I'm vulgar as hell. And even I wasn't using that word then. Um, but that's funny. That's, that's, he's probably not wrong. It's be a lot of fun. It's be a lot of fun. McCarthy coming in there and really dancing on their grave next week. That should be fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um... Yeah, this team is soft, you know. They're I just I feel like the softness like I talked about, this defense need when your defense needs to get stops and they can't, that to me is the truest sign of just a team that's soft. So I'll just say that again. I agree with you. They are very uninspiring. Yeah, the little Wayne the little Wayne tweet, I don't know if people saw it. What did he say? Something to the effect of like we should have traded Rot we should have traded twelve last offseason RIP twenty twenty. I was like, damn dude, when little Wayne like when Wayne, when Wheezy is saying they should have traded Rodgers, I'm like, yeah, see, they should have, because he's very, very positive. He's a very positive fan, and when he's on there, like, should have done it. I'm like, yeah, see, Wheezy knows, smart guy that Wheezy, he knows. Um, yeah, the season's over. I mean, it is. It just it would take a miracle. You know, I saw someone say, well, if they go six and two, the Eagles went six and two last year at three and six and got in at nine and eight. Why? So you can be first-round chum and get eaten? No, no thanks. I'm over that. If you're not if you're not gonna have a realistic shot to win the Super Bowl, I don't want to sneak in the back door and get crushed in the first round. I'm I'm over that shit. So, yeah, good stuff, Ziggy. Thank you for that. Um, our next one. So let's see, we got Sean Kyle Kyle. Uh, let's go to Adam Summers, my former Old Bag of Donuts podcast co-host. He sent me two emails. One pre-game and one post-game. Um, okay, this is long. I, I guess I'll read both. Why not? I would first like to praise Vili Huso. Seems like a nice pickup for your hockey team, and I drafted him in my fantasy hockey league and have been very pleased. He has found a nice home with Team District 5. Anyways, I just wanted to acknowledge a bright spot in the sports landscape besides the box and hope Vili can keep up his hot start. Now that we have old bag of wings out of the way... I wanted to write in before kickoff so my thoughts aren't clouded by the six or seven beers I'll have to drink to get through this debacle. See, Adam knew. Adam knew. 
A loss to Detroit just puts a bow on this misery, but a win doesn't really change much either. The Packers will still need to find a way to go at least 2-1 and one through the gauntlet of Dallas, Tennessee, Philly. At this point, all I'm hoping for is somehow we get the 7th seed and upset the Vikings in round 1. That is the ceiling right now. But either way, enough with this half-measure crap with this franchise. We had a very nice three-year window to win a championship. Most teams would kill for that. We didn't get it done, and that door closed last January. It sucks, and hindsight is 20-20, but this team needs to move on and should have done it last offseason. The Packers won't be able to move forward financially or culturally until 12 is gone. Let's just say, hypothetically, some team suckers themselves into Rodgers for next year. Hello, Vegas. And we can just get whatever draft pick for him in a salary dump. Where do you think this team goes, and more importantly, who doesn't return? There are obvious candidates that won't be back, such as Bakhtiari, Cobb, Amos, and the whole tight end room. And as much as it pains me to say this, Jones, as he makes no sense in a rebuild. Could there be other unexpected cuts and or trades? Guys like Campbell, Preston, Razul, Jenkins, Lazard? If love is decent, this doesn't have to be a complete teardown. They have foundational pieces on both sides. Clark, Gary, Jair, and the Georgia kids on defense. And Dylan, Dobbs, Watson, and some of the O-line on the other side. However, some hard decisions will have to be made, and we know this fan base will take it all very reasonably. Then he sends me a second email. Sorry, I'll make this short. This just sucks. This was after the game. Who was the worst player today? Rodgers? Who was the worst player today? Rodgers. He should be benched for love, but they won't do it. I truly think Goode is a good GM, but the way he botched this QB situation, from drafting love to bringing 12 back this year is a fireable offense. Sorry, dude. Okay, so a lot to unpack there from my guy, Adam, one of my bestest friends in the world. So let's start now. Okay. Billy Huso has been awesome. And as, as I'm half Greek and half Finn, the half Finn side of me is thrilled that Billy Huso is playing so well. Weren't sure it was going to be kind of a timeshare between him and uh, Nijelkovic. But he surpassed Ned. That's pretty clear. Billy is the number one goalie for the Red Wings. And he's a damn good one. That was a good, I knew that was a good trade with St. Louis. He's going to be good. That was an awesome trade by Steve Eiserman, who, of course, is a genius. So, yeah, I'm very excited about Billy Huso. Absolutely. And the Bucks, Yeah, the Bucks. I mean, hey, if you're in Wisconsin, at least we have Giannis. <laughs> I feel bad for Packer fans who don't live in Wisconsin, who don't root for the Bucks, because, like, those of us who live here, it's like, hey, at least we have Giannis. You know, 9-0, and so... It's his state now. It has been for a while. Okay. Um, yeah. Even if they had won, you're right. Even if they had won, there would have been a lot of people that would have been like, oh, they're back. But were they really? I mean, we know they weren't. So, yeah. It w- I mean, it wouldn't have made much difference if they had won. It would have been nice. We could have at least had the seasons alive for another week, but sure. Um. Yeah, the gauntlet of Philly, Dallas, Tennessee, it's gonna be, I don't see them going to one. I'd be shocked if they win one of those games. If they win one, it's probably Tennessee, because that's at home on a short week, and Thursday Night Football can be goofy and anything can happen on the short week. I don't think they'll beat Dallas, and I, I definitely don't think they'll go into Philly and win. So, best you can hope for is 1-2 and two there. I wouldn't be surprised if they go 0-3, though. Um, yeah. Isn't it sad that that's... <laughs> I mean, I understand. I, I totally agree with Adam. That's probably... I mean, that's the... I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but if they did, that would be your only hope would be that they could beat Minnesota in round one. 
Because that's where we're at now. We're just rooting for Minnesota to fail. Because the ship has sailed for the Packers, so, yeah. Um, you know, and I talked about, you talked about the half-measure thing I talked about that on the show. Again, it's kind of the, one of the themes for tonight is Goot continuously kind of going half in now and half in later, and it's just, it never worked, and it's hurt this team repeatedly, and it is again this year. Really is hurting them this year. Um, let's see. You're right. They won't be able to move on culturally until Rodgers is gone. Because I just think a lot of the energy and vibe of a team comes from the quarterback. And his vibe and his energy has sucked most of the year. Which is weird, right? For a guy who's into, like, crystals and shit. And, like, tripping balls. Don't you think he'd be all about vibe? And his vibe has sucked. So it's not a surprise that it sucked for the team. That's weird, right? Uh, what else? Um... <laughs> I talked about a lot of the cap stuff um, already. Yeah, Bakhtiari, Cobb. Cobb, I could see Cobb maybe coming back if Rodgers comes back as kind of like an almost player coach because they'd be so young at receivers still. But Cobb, there's a good chance he's gone. Bach is gone. Amos is gone. Yeah, the whole tight end room other than DeGuara is probably gone. Um, Unexpected cuts. Well, I said Lazard, he's a free agent. He's not coming back. I wouldn't be surprised if Jenkins doesn't come back at this point. Uh, Preston is a guy I definitely think could be cut. Razul and Campbell, I feel like their contracts, it wouldn't work. I feel like the dead cap hit would be too much for Campbell and Douglas. So I feel like they won't. I think they'll be... They're they're fair, They're fair. fairly... What am I trying to say? They're almost a lock to be back. There we go. Um, what else? Uh, and you're right. You know, everybody just assumes Love is going to suck. But there's a chance Love doesn't suck. And if he's good, you're right. They do have a lot of the pieces in place where this thing, you know, it might not be great next year, but into 2024 and 20. I mean, there's a chance if Love is good that they can this thing can happen a lot sooner rather than later. And by 2024, maybe even they're competitive again. There's certainly a chance of that. And one thing I want to say about love, Adam, your emails allowed me to do this. I want to talk about love. I know Packer fans, all we, a lot of us, all we know is Favre and Rogers. Now I know that I know a little bit of Mikowski and before that, but I started watching in 1990, tail end of '89. So, but I know for a lot of fans, it's Favre and or maybe even just Rogers is all you know. But for a whole swath of this fan base. I think we're kind of trained to thinking like, well, you need to have a Hall of Fame quarterback. I was talking about this on Twitter after the game. You need to have a Hall of Fame quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Hogwash. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, folks. Eli Manning won two. Stafford won one. Now, I know Manning and Stafford may get in the Hall of Fame. I don't think they deserve to at all. But they might. But you know what I'm saying? They're not like traditional, like, big-time Hall of Fame quarterbacks, even if they do sneak in. Right? So Manning won two. Stafford won one. Flacco won one. Someone pointed out Trent Dilfer won one a long time ago. I grew up watching guys like Mark Rippon win Super Bowls. Mark Rippon beat Jim Kelly. Right? Yeah, it was in Minneapolis. Mark Rippon beat Jim Kelly for a Super Bowl. You know, guys like Garoppolo have made a Super Bowl. You don't need a Hall of Fame quarterback. Love doesn't have to be as good as Rodgers or Favre. He just has to be good. And you have to be able to build a team around him. So I just wanted to go off on that tangent really quick. Thank you for allowing me to do that, Adam. Um, 
Yeah, Rogers was the worst player today. I, I would say that's fair. Uh, we've got more on love towards the end of the show. And you're right. I talked about this with Goot, too. It's going to be the thing that if he doesn't, if love stinks and Goot's fired in a few years, it'll be because he botched the quarterback position. All of his other good moves at other spots won't matter. If you screw up quarterback, you're going to lose your job. So thank you for that, Adam. All right, so we have... I'm going to go through this here. we got Adam, Kyle, the first Kyle. Sean, whoop, whoop. Okay, Adam. Just scintillating. The first Kyle, Sean, Kyle, we have so the other Kyle. I got to Andy, Adam. Let's go to Rich. Rich, who titles his email, Let's Be Reasonable. Rich writes, Lamps. I think now we can do away with the niceties of needing to worry about today. From the moment the final pass dropped on the turf today, all priorities shift to tomorrow. Now, with that aside, I am sure there are lots of emails and tweet questions calling for heads, but I'd like to try being the voice of reason. I urge everyone to take a breath before calling for everyone to be fired. Between the cap and draft, the NFL is designed to eventually bring down every successful team eventually. Since the 2010 Super Bowl, the Packers have had two... Only two picks under 20. That is the definition of success. What we are seeing this season is a culmination of the inevitable inevitable fruits of that success. At least in my opinion, the entire front office has done a masterful job to delay this day. But delay is the key word. This day's arrival is akin to death and taxes. We have lots of time to think and talk about the big questions. Rogers love the cap, cap casualties, dead cap purgatory in the draft. So the first step I urge the fan base to do is to R-E-L-A-X while 1265 figures out whether to navigate a reset or rebuild. The only goal has to be to put the team in the best position to quickly open the next Super Bowl window. Until then, everyone, please step back from the ledge. All right, Rich coming in, trying to calm the masses. Appreciate that, Rich. I probably could... (laughs) I probably need to hear a little bit of that myself. Um, so let's go here. What do you got? Uh... Yeah, you're right. And, and I, you're right about everybody calling for everybody to be fired. I get that everybody's mad about it. You know, I said this a little while ago. Goot's not going to get fired. Lafleur's not going to get fired. Barry probably is going to be fired, yes. If you want a sacrificial lamb for the season, it's right there. It's Joe Barry. He's going he's gonna to be the guy. Um, Basaccia probably will be back, I would think. Um, so, yeah. Lafleur, you're right. Lafleur and Gutekunst and Murphy are not going anywhere. Murphy, I know, is nearing the mandatory retirement age, but he's got a few years left. So this is going to be your brain trust, this triangle of authority. This is your brain trust in Green Bay. You're right, Richard. It's not going anywhere. Um, yeah, you're right. The Packers have had a lot of success. And picking low every year, it hurts your ability to continually replenish the roster. You're right about that. It's just it's hard. And they have done a great job of, of finding players despite picking low a lot of years. Um, and they've done it, you know, they've done as much as they can kicking the cap can down the road. I, I will agree with you on that. But yeah, the day was always going to come. I know fans didn't want to admit it. A lot of fans, but it was going to come. That's why I said it was better to just have the day come last offseason. When we knew Rodgers wasn't going to be the guy anymore, just rip the band-aid off and let's go. Wouldn't you rather be doing that now? knowing that we're moving through it, then still knowing that we still have to move through it. So, yeah. It's always it's always worse to delay it. You know what I mean? Just get it over with. Once you know Rodgers can't do it, just get it over with. Um, 
Yeah, and you're right. I mean, you know, it, it would be best if we could all take a step back and, and relax, but that's kind of not how fans are. Fans are going to immediately jump into cap stuff and draft stuff and trade stuff and free agent stuff because that's just what fans do, you know? But you're right. It's It wouldn't be the worst thing for everybody to just take a breath and just go, okay, let's reset for a minute and then we'll start talking about next season. But that's in a perfect world, of course. But yeah, you're right. Everybody should step back from the ledge. Because like I said, like I said earlier, like you said in your email, Rich, the system is not designed for anybody to be good for long. And it's not designed for anybody to be bad for long. So everybody, again, who's like, oh, here comes the 70s and 80s. Calm down. Take a step back, as Rich is saying. I agree. All right, let's see. I'm sorry. I have to keep making sure I got all these. We got Adam, Kyle, Sean, Kyle again. I'll get to the other Kyle in a minute here. Um, All right, let's get to the other Kyle now. Okay. This is from the other Kyle. Kyle, who used to have Twitter, got rid of it, got it back, and got rid of it again. God bless you, Kyle, because Twitter stinks. He writes... Oh boy, I knew there was a real possibility this could happen, just not like this. Figured it would be in a shootout. The Lions have been the worst defense in the league and historically bad. The offense put up nine points. I don't care about the injuries, nine points. Rodgers was bad. I wonder if the accountability will start to set in a bit more. It was really weird to hear the anecdote on the broadcast of Bakhtiari addressing the team, talking about playing better for their Hall of Fame QB. Can't imagine the locker room loves that one with Rodgers playing as meh as he has been. Kevin slash Greg calling Rodgers throwing the ball directly at the linebacker's helmet bad luck was also a head-scratcher. Last week I crapped on Walker for his boneheaded personal foul. This week I cheered on Jair's. I recognized the hypocrisy. And then now he has a gif of Gordon Ramsay, a meme, and it's two, it's a split screen. And on the one side it says Quay Walker gets a personal foul, and it's... (laughs) Ramsey, because Ramsey said this on the show, right? He called somebody a fucking donkey. And then on the other side, it says Jair Alexander gets a personal foul, and it says, oh, dear, oh, dear, gorgeous. He's, like, coddling this little kid who made a mistake on the show, I guess. Um, Those are the memes he sent. So he says, uh, defense played well, so we got that going for us. Enigbari looks like he could be a real solid second rusher with a round five pick. This team is simultaneously trying to preserve the future and win now, and in trying to do both, they are doing neither well. My question is this. Is Matt LaFleur a good coach? Is he being hamstrung by the QB? Go Pat, go. Okay. So. Lots to unpack here. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I don't care about the injuries either. Like I said earlier in the show, Rodgers gets paid a lot of money to lift the team up in, in, in these exact spots. Chips are down, injuries are mounting. Hey, we need somebody to drag us across the finish line. $50 million a year quarterback. That's your job, and you didn't do it. Yeah, you know, I got to be honest. I didn't hear the thing about Bakhtiari addressing the team, but my wife brought it up to me while we were having dinner about them saying that, about Bakhtiari addressing the team, and he said that, yeah, they need to play better. I thought that was weird. Like, I know, I know, Bach, is Rod, I know Bach and Rodgers are tight, but... That's a weird thing to say when the quarterback is playing like shit. To be like, we all need to play better for him. That's not a great look for Bakhtiari. I don't. I can't imagine that went over well in the locker room. No. Um, I agree with you on that. Mm, what else? Um, playing. For, uh, da, 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 da. 
Yeah, Kev, well, Burkhart and Olsen, I mean, they're going to always they're always going to cover for the quarterback. That's what these broadcast teams do. You know, that's their goal is to, you know, protect the quarterbacks at all costs. That's not just the referees apparently. It's the, it's the announcers now too. So that was a head scratcher. Um Yeah, you know, I I get what you're saying about Jaw, you know. I think the Jaw thing didn't bother me as much because it was a player. Quay went after a coach. Jaw went after a player, and it was just his emotion got the best of him in that moment in the middle of making a tackle. Quay's thing was totally unprovoked and out of bounds, so I don't think they're the same thing. So I, I, I guess I get what you're saying there. Um, I do like Enigbare. I can't believe they wiped out his sack. His hand barely grazed Goff's head. Are you kidding me? I think Enigbare's a real steal. There's a little bit of Zadarius in his game, I feel like. And I think I said that even after he was picked. There's some Zadarius in his game. I, I like. I think that's going to be a steal in the round in the fifth round. I agree. And you know, again, it's funny that everybody. I'm so glad that everybody's bringing up the same thing I did. That everybody else sees this too. That this strategy of trying to, like you say, preserve the future and win now, preserve the future and win now. I'm glad that everybody else is starting to see this too. This, this. You can't walk the tightrope. You can't do it. It doesn't work. Um, your question is Matt Lafleur a good coach? Yes, I think he is. I think I said he and Rogers and Goot are the most to blame, but ultimately I would rank him third on that list. I would say Rogers and then Goot and then Lafleur, because he didn't run, you know, because of his his lack of interest in getting Jones involved and his lack of standing up to the quarterback. But I think he's a good coach. I think he's just hitting adversity for the first time and he's not handling it well, right? So, but that's not the first coach to, to have that happen, to hit adversity and not handle. But I still, I still have some faith in him. I know I've been really hard on him the last few weeks and even tonight, but I still have some faith in the floor. I'm not totally out on him. I still have some faith because I do think he is being hamstrung by the quarterback. Yes. All right. Thank you for that, Kyle. All right. Let's go through it again now. Kyle one, Sean, Kyle one, Kyle one, Ziggy, Adam, Rich. Kyle, all right, is our last email? Yes, last email. Uh, comes from Nick. Nick from Louisville, who sent me the wonderful email last week about he and his wife listening to my show in their car. They went to the game in Buffalo. They were listening to me in the car on the drive back from Buffalo to Louisville. How about that? I'm in the car. And I don't even bother you for snacks. It's not, I'm not even asking you for snacks. Or asking you to turn the radio up. I'm right, I'm a good, I'm good in the car, right? Okay. Nick writes, Lemps, you hit the nail on the head with the I'm not mad, I'm disappointed Sunday. Or you hit the nail on the head with the I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Sunday, I thought would be a bit of a rebound for our Packers, but to no such fruition. Shotgun running was my first red flag. A.J. Dillon doing half the icky shuffle before going north and south, and camera shots to Coach Cobb was rough. Why is Sammy Watkins on this team? T-Rex Lowry... And the defense came up short again. How does Matt LaFleur not put his QB in check when he throws behind them most of the day? I need some of what the front office is drinking slash smoking. At least we will all have a good time. Appreciate the show. And yes, my wife likes the show too. Can't wait for Monday. Peace, Nick. Thank you. I'm glad your wife enjoys the show too. Because you said, I wasn't sure on your first email if she did. I was like, I hope, she's, I hope she likes the show too. So I'm not just, you like it and it's annoying the shit out of her. But you both like it and that's great. That's awesome. Um, glad, glad to hear. Um, 
And thank you for your kind words about the show. I love doing it. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know why they run out of shotgun so much with A.J. Dillon. Because it's not it's not the right formation for him. He needs to be in eye form and get the ball. He needs to have a couple yards of steam, you know, have a couple yards to pick up some steam before he gets the ball and he can fully unleash. Because I don't think he can, you know, because he's not running as powerful this year. That is obvious. And I think a big reason is all the shotgun running. It's hard to ask a monster truck to go from 0 to 60 in one second or two seconds. It just doesn't work that way. And I don't know why they keep giving him the ball out of that formation. It's useless. It's a dead play. Most of those runs are dead, and you can see they're going to be dead as Rodgers is handing Dylan the ball. It's idiotic. I agree with you, Nick. Absolutely. Um, half the icky shuffle, though. That's nice. Nice reference. Nice icky woods reference. It's always appreciated. Um, I don't know why Sammy Watkins is on the team. Because I said after last week, I said, you know, I mean, I guess this week because of the injuries with Dobbs and Watson, he had to play. But, yeah, if those guys get healthy or they can get enough of the young guys healthy, yeah, I don't I don't think, I think Sammy Watkins' role, especially now, really needs to start being downsized because he's not going to be a part of the future. So what is he there for, you know? I agree. Um, T-Rex, Lowry, T-Rex, ah, that's a good one. Um yeah, they did come up short. You're right. Like I said, the defense, they needed to get stops, and they couldn't. Um, how does Matt LaFleur not put his QB in check when he throws behind them? Well, you know, it's something I've talked about on the show a lot, Nick. It's a problem. But, you know, they've, they've bent over backwards for Rodgers on everything else. You know, LaFleur got up there and cried, what was it, a year ago or a couple years ago, about wanting Rodgers to come back? That was an off-season presser, I think. You know? It's hard when you've begged a guy and pleaded with him and, and kissed his ass within an inch of his life to get him to come back and you've handed him the keys and let him do whatever he wants and he can hire the quarterback's coach and he makes you trade for his guy, Cobb. Like, it's hard when you do all that, I think, to then turn around and yell at a guy. You know, we all want LaFleur to do it. I definitely do. I, I agree with you. I, I hear what you're saying. But I just don't think he's going to. I just, I think... I think, I don't, I don't, you know, I think we may be past that point now. They've just kissed his ass too much, which is a bummer. Um, yeah, I don't know what the front office is drinking and smoking, but yeah, sign me up. I'll have some too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, thank you for that email. Nick, that's some good stuff. I definitely, I definitely agree with most of that. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. So that's, okay. So we got those. Were there a couple on? <laughs> yes. A couple of Twitter DMs. This is going to be a long one, but what the hell, right? <laughs> the season's basically over. Might as well get it all out now. Uh, Rob from London DM me on Twitter. Now, this is solely on 12. Zero punts in the first half. Zero points and how many interceptions? And that last drive, yes, I thought there was a PI on Lazard. We have two timeouts, so there was no need to get the 10 yards straight away. 12 is smart enough to know this. Okay, good stuff here, Rob. Yeah, um... I don't know what the deal was was with Rodgers and all the hero ball on that last drive. But I, I didn't like it. <laughs> there was a lot of it. Especially once they got down near, like, after the after the, the crazy fourth yard, fourth down play to Toure. They got near the red zone, got in the red zone. Like, what was with all the 
home run chasing from Rodgers in that. Right, you're right, they had two timeouts and time. The whole field, the whole world was your oyster. You could do anything. And Rodgers just kept throwing it into the end zone. Didn't understand that. Um, Zero punts in the first half. Yeah, zero points. Yeah, what did he throw? Two interceptions? Three? Another thing I really hated, I hated going for it. That fourth down, I haven't even talked about this. The fourth down that ended in the interception on the tackle-eligible play to Bakhtiari, just kick there. Just, I know, look, I know what the math says, okay? I also have watched the Packers' offense all year, and that, to me, outweighs the math. This is an offense that's, like, if you've got, like, a dynamic, high-powered, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs or something, yeah, sure, you can go for it because you're going to get a lot of chances. This is not the Packers. That's not the Packers. They should have kicked there. If they had kicked that field goal, instead of trying that cockamamie play to Bakhtiari, it would have been 15-12. And they were well within Crosby's range at the end there. They could have kicked the field goal, gone into overtime at 15-15. Maybe they steal the win. Hey, I just wanted to talk about that quick because I hadn't yet. I hated that decision. Hated it. Just take the points. Get on the board. Make it 3 nothing. Give yourself something to build on. Okay, um... Yeah, I thought there was P.I. on Lazard, too, but it's Alan Lazard. He's not going to draw that call, unfortunately. If that had been Devontae, he would have drawn that call. Alan Lazard's not getting that call, but I agree with you. Um, so yeah, I agree with most of what you're saying there, Rob. And you're right, 12 is smart enough to notice, but I just think he can't resist the, the, his, his urge to play hero ball. Yeah. Our next one comes from Kyle. I don't know if he wants to say his full name, so I'll just say Kyle. Is this team even watchable at the moment? Seriously, what positives can be had? Now, I am by no means a conspiracist, but Rogers seems to be sabotaging this team. He's petty as hell, and it wouldn't surprise me one iota if he's trying to get back at the front office for the J-Love pick and D. Adams leaving. Seriously, it's so dumb to think about, but I don't know how else to justify this shit tank of a season. You don't just go from three consecutive 13-3 and seasons to an absolute disaster of consistent shit performances. The ineptitude is beyond comprehension. Okay. Um, I am a sports, con- I'm not a real life, cons- well, I guess I am a little bit, but I'm definitely a sports conspiracy theorist. Yeah, like the frozen envelope, right, with Patrick Ewing and the Knicks, Jordan being secretly suspended for a year for gambling, I believe all that. Um, I will tell you, I do not, I do not believe Rodgers is sabotaging this team. That would be much more interesting than the real answer, which is, I think, it, which I think is, and I've talked to this on the show a couple times, I know he did a few weeks ago, he's just fallen off a cliff. Which is what happens to a lot of great quarterbacks when they get to the age Rodgers is at. Happened to Peyton Again, I talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. Happened to Manning. Happened to Favre. I didn't mention Drew Brees, but it happened to him as well. You know, Brady has rooked everybody into thinking that you can just be great into your mid-40s. That's not usually the case. Most of the time, these guys get to their late 30s, early 40s, and it's just over. And it's it's like that. So... Well, I, I think your theory is much more interesting and fun. <laughs> the sad reality is I think Rodgers just fell off a cliff. I think that's all it is, yeah. So, yeah, so there's, that's, okay, so that's all, that is all the Twitter. Do I have a Facebook one? I think there is a Facebook one, isn't there? Yes. From Sean LaFond, who messaged me on Facebook to say, can't believe the season is over already, and it is only week nine. The injuries today were tough. I have a weird feeling Bakhtiari might retire this week. 
Um, all right, thanks, Sean. Uh, yeah, it is weird to think that the season's already over at week nine. Again, uncharted waters for us. I don't know how to handle the next eight weeks. Do you? Shit. Um, yeah, the injuries today, I, you know, we've seen the Packers have some injury-plagued seasons, but I don't think I've ever seen an injury-plagued game like this. Jones, Dobbs, Watson, Bakhtiari, Tunyon left, Stokes left, Gary left. Runyon left. Did he come back? I, I mean, it was just, I've never seen a single game like that. No. And I've been watching Packer football again for, what, 33 years now? I've never seen a single game like that. That was batshit nuts. Um, I don't know. I don't think Bakhtiari will retire this week because they, they could probably hit him for some signing bonus stuff. But I could see him retiring at the end of the year. More likely, I think he'll probably get released and, and, and try to catch on somewhere else. So thank you for that, Sean. All right, final question. Oh, my God, 80 minutes in. Final question comes from my other former Old Bag of Donuts podcast co-host, one of my other bestest friends in the world, Gene Bossling. I give you the hammer every week. <laughs> I give you the hammer every week, Gene. I'm losing my mind now. No exception here. Let's go. This is the Packers' first five-game losing streak since weeks 11 to 15 of the 2008 season, when Aaron Rodgers was in his first year as a starter. Their previous streak of at least five games was at the end of the 1990 season through week two of the 1991 season. In other words, it never happened with Brett Favre as the starting quarterback, and the only time it's happened with Rodgers is when he was effectively a rookie. You have such a built-in advantage in the modern NFL when you have an MVP quarterback that this is almost unfathomable. Much of it is on Rodgers, yes, but it's reached a point that can't all be on him. This appears to be a miscalculation of epic proportions in terms of how good this team could be. No one at the top will lose their jobs for this, and it's probably unfair to suggest that anyone should. But there needs to be some hard questions asked about organizational hubris, talent evaluation, play calling, and ability to execute basically all of it. These things are loud alarms that something is broken, and I can't see how there's any way back from this that just involves shrugging it off and going back to work. Mike Mack comes in next week. If there's not one last Aaron Rodgers FU special in there, it's time to make the change and get a half season of love before thinking about whether they need to make, whether they need to pick a QB with their top 15 draft pick. Man, what a collapse. Sorry about that. That's a long, that's a long text. All right. Okay. Lots to unpack here, Gene, which you know I always love. Um, you're right. It's not all on Rodgers. And I talked about that, I talked about that on the uh, earlier, you know. Um, and it goes into what you said in, in your next point, that I do think, yeah, the organizational hubris. Again, you mentioned it. Everybody else has mentioned it. Glad to see people are catching on too. This hubris of like, well, we can be good now and good later. Goes back to Ted. It's an arrogant way of thinking. And it usually hinders you from having the ultimate success. And it certainly has with the Packers, other than the one year. You're right. That's something that definitely needs to be examined. Um, talent evaluation, I agree, is something that probably needs to be looked at. Play calling, for sure. Lafleur has to take a long, hard look. Although, if Rodgers is out of the way and does retire or is traded, which could happen, maybe do a team like Tennessee or San Francisco or something, or Vegas, um... I think we'll see more of the play calling that we would like to see. I think there'll be more of an emphasis on running the ball 
and more running the true Shanahan offense, which is what obviously LaFleur comes from, running the ball, play action, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, but I do agree. I think this organization needs to take a look at itself in the mirror in a lot of areas. I definitely agree with that. Um, Because you're right, just saying like, well, we're just going to go back to work. I don't think that's the answer. I totally agree with you on that, for sure. Uh, yeah, Mike Mack coming in next week. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if Rodgers can't dig deep enough to give the middle finger to McCarthy, someone who I don't think he was particularly fond of a lot of the time, yeah, we're in trouble. And I, again, I've got something coming up on love here in a minute, but you're right. I agree with you on that. Okay. That was a lot. Hold on a second here. Okay, so let's close all the bags for the week. Thank you to everyone who wrote in. I know you were pissed off like me, so for you to take a, take some time, take a minute to write in anyways, I appreciate it. Big picture time now. Oh my, oh, i got to stretch my legs for a minute. Oh my goodness. Whew. I should start a GoFundMe for like a comfortable chair. I sit on a damn stool down here and it hurts my ass so bad. Which I'm sure you love hearing. Okay, big picture time now. 84 and a half minutes in. With the Packers' season essentially over now, at least in terms of any kind of realistic shot at the playoffs, the organization must shift its vision to the future of the team at the most important position in sports, quarterback. It has become painfully clear Aaron Rodgers is nearing the end of the line, that he just doesn't have that special element to his game that separated him from, well, almost every other quarterback to ever play. That being the case, it is time for the Packers to hand the reins over to Jordan Love. They will have to decide this offseason whether or not to pick up Love's fifth-year option for the 2024 season at around $17 to $18 million guaranteed. And so far, they just do not have enough data to make that call one way or the other. The 3-6 and six start, however, now gives them an opportunity to gain valuable evidence as to whether or not Love can be the guy going forward and it's an opportunity the Packers must take. Sure, they'll probably wait until they've been mathematically eliminated, but with a murderer's row of Dallas, Tennessee on a short week, and Philly on the road coming up, that will happen soon enough. And once it does, there is no longer any benefit to continue playing Rodgers. He is simply not the future anymore. But love can be, and he deserves a real shot to make his case. Not a start here or a series or two of garbage time there. A real, honest-to-goodness string of starts. A chance to grow and improve. Worst case scenario, he's not the guy, the Packers continue losing, and their draft status for next spring goes up. At which point, perhaps they take another quarterback when they believe in more. There's literally no downside to playing Love, and playing him a lot down the stretch. And hopefully... The organization sees it the same way. Okay, so that just about wraps up this episode of Lem's Talk and Pack. I hope you had... Hold on. <laughs> I hope you had... Well, this might have been about 0% fun, but I just keep saying, if you feel better after listening to this, then I've done my job. And oh boy, is this starting to feel like a job. I'm kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We look ahead now to next week. Oh, God, do we have to? The Packers will be back in action, back home at Lambeau Field for a game against the hated Dallas Cowboys. 
That one is set for a 3.25 p.m. Lambeau time kickoff on Fox, which for some reason still has it as America's Game of the Week. Not sure why on that. No, I get it. It's Cowboys-Packers, two national teams. Mike McCarthy's return to Lambeau, all that headline-making stuff. McCarthy v. Rodgers, you know. Of course, Dallas is a damn good team, off to a very nice 6-2 and two start. Led by that ferocious defense, Micah Parsons running around all over the place, wreaking havoc. And they've got Dak back at QB, too, so the offense has been better. And they run by this week, so they're rested, too. That's super. It's going to be a tall order for Green Bay to win this one. Hell, beating Kimberly High would be a tall order for the Packers at this point. So we shall see. Don't feel great about it. You know McCarthy would love to officially deliver the final death blow to his old team. Oh, man, this is going to suck, isn't it? Oh, it sure feels that way. And, of course, I'll be back to recap that one. Win, lose, or draw next Sunday night. At least I think. Here's the deal. I've got a mini vacation planned with the family built around Veterans Day because I'm off that day. We're going back to Marquette, my hometown, back in the Yoop. I've been back for almost two and a half years, so I'm excited. And all season, I was like, well, the Packers are going to be good. And that game against Dallas is going to be a huge game. So, like, of course I'll bring the mic and the laptop. And I'll do the show either in the hotel room once my family's asleep or I'll head down to the lobby or maybe I'll ask them to give me a conference room at the hotel in Marquette if I can borrow one for a little bit on Sunday night. Like, of course. But, like, now they suck. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to bring this damn laptop and the mic and carry all this shit up there. Um, Because, you know, you do it for a good team, but for a 3-6 and six team, maybe I'll just make you, maybe I'll make you wait till Monday. Uh, I'm joking, of course. As of now, yes, the plan is still to record next Sunday night at the hotel. Barring some last-minute change, I'm going to do the show in the usual slot. That's how dedicated I am to all of you. I hope you appreciate it. So it should be available Monday morning for you, so keep your eyes and your ears open for that. And yes, I'll keep you posted, especially with the strange circumstances. So until next time, whenever that may be, I am Chris Lempesis. This has been Lemp's Talking Pack. Thank you so very much for listening, Packer Nation. I love you, I love you, I love you. Please stay safe out there in this crazy world. And remember, always and forever, go, pack, go. Go.